Welcome to the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast, where our goal is to connect listeners to the great outdoors with hosts Brian Hoffmeyer and Ben Brandell. I'm host Ben Brandell, owner of Meant to Be Outdoors, instructor of outdoor skills, and passionate about personal growth. I'm host Brian Hoffmeyer, wildlife biologist and avid outdoorsman. Welcome back to the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast. I'm your host, Brian. I have my co-host, Ben, here with me. And today, we are going to be addressing a myth Monday that came in by request. This was actually requested to settle a family debate. So we're not going to name names, but family, consider the debate settled. So we're Well, how long has this debate been going? (laughs) I didn't get clarity on that, but we are going to be the debate (laughs) settlers today. Great. So we're going to be talking about ravens and crows today and really addressing is there a difference I, I know there are some people out there that believe that a raven and a crow are the same thing and then there's some out there that are like no no way they're totally different um and then you know we'll talk a little bit about where they live if you might see them and uh really share some cool interesting facts about those animals well it sounds like then they're you're you've already debunked it because you're telling us that there are some differences I didn't say that, but yes, if you want to assume that, <laughs> there there are definitely some difference, differences between uh, the crow and the raven. They are not the same animal, uh, just to be clear. And we'll we'll definitely dive into fully explaining that. But before we start, I want to say thank you for, um, there's some people that really have stepped up in uh, uh, the process of, of Ben and I learning to be podcasters mm-hmm. from, you know, you may not know this, but we, we do everything ourselves from the recording to the editing to the launching the episodes that you guys hear on all the platforms, uh, our yeah, podcast formatting. website. Mm-hmm. It's all us. And, and to disclaimer that, when we started, uh, we had never done it before. We had no idea what we were doing. Um, God put it on our hearts, so we ordered microphones. We got started. But God also sent people our way that did know what they were doing. Um, and you know who you are, and we just want to say thank you. Uh, we're amazed at um, your breadth of knowledge in these areas and your willingness uh, to answer the phone to call us back uh, to help us when when we're in need. So we're so thankful for that uh, to be able to to do what we're doing. Just so grateful and thankful, and and you know we still don't have it figured out. <laughs> no, we we're so. I mean, life is constantly learning, it but it, with what we're doing, we learn every week. Right, every week. Yeah, I think if if I could give a tip to anyone out there, but no matter what it is that you're doing. Get a notebook, take notes, and truly listen. Listen before you think, process, and, and think you have it figured out. Just listen to those people first. Yeah, and reflection, I think, is really important to look back at, at where you started and where you are now and what you have learned, really have mm-hmm. an understanding of what you've learned. But also, um, Ben, and I really appreciate this about you, but never, never just being okay with okay. So if, if you feel off, if something isn't quite right, and it may be hard, it may take more time, time that you may think you not don't have to really do something correctly, take that extra time. Uh, do good. the small things, the details to, to do the best that you can at whatever you are doing. So Well, well thank you for that. And I also want to thank you, Brian. Um, you know, you and I spend a lot of time together. Yeah, we do. <laughs> I mean, in this relationship, this business, um, you know, we test each other. Um, not only our sanity, but our skills. And so just thank you for that. Um, it's been awesome so far. So thank you, Brian. Couldn't yeah. do it without you. With that, let's jump into our topic. Ravens versus crows. We've already said they are not the same. They are two very distinctly different animals. And they're both, in my opinion, 
amazing Pretty animals. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, we I've never worked with a raven, but I have worked a little bit with a crow. Um, they're amazing. If you just watch them in the wild and the things that they do and, and the way they act, the way they get their food, the way they interact with each other, other animals, they, they're amazing animals, and we hope to really bring light to that. I'm sure most people have heard that they are smart, but we're going to try to tell you just really how smart that they are. So let's jump in with, with talking about how they're different. We said they're different. We're going to tell you how they are. And the first and easiest thing to address is their size. Mm-hmm. Ravens are much larger than crows. A, a raven is going to be about the size uh, of a red-tailed hawk. And red-tailed hawks have that four to five foot wingspan. Uh, they stand about two foot tall, and that's the same size as a raven. They're going to they're going to be bigger birds, whereas crows are a little bit smaller, about a two and a half foot wingspan, and only going to stand about seventeen inches tall at their largest. So you're comparing size here. You're looking at a four foot wingspan compared to two and a half. Staying with the appearance theme here, let's talk about their tails. So if they're out flying. They're going to have their tails out. That's part of their flight mechanism. A raven's tail is going to be wedged-shaped. So the primary feathers, those center couple feathers in their tail, are longer than the rest of their tail feathers. So it kind of makes this triangular wedge-shaped tail. Whereas a crow, the feathers are all the same length. So when it's fanned out and they're flying, it's kind of a nice, smooth fan shape. Kind of like if you were to uh, take playing cards in your hand and fan them all out. That's going to be more the crow's tail shape. So that's an easy way to identify them if they're flying because it is hard to tell a bird's size when it's in flight. Yeah, yeah it is because of it. how far away are they from me. Yeah. You know, also talking about flying, um, your ravens, they're going to be using thermals. So you have the heat up in the air, and they're going to use those to soar. Um, you know, turkey vultures also do that. So as you're looking up, you're going to see this circling pattern. Ravens are going to do more of that. Whereas crows, they're going to fly. They're going to fly from tree to tree, um, object to object. They're moving and landing. Um, so flapping, flying. It's a crow. A raven has to fly until it gets up to that height where it's going to soar, but you're going to see them soaring more. Right. The big difference there is the, the flapping of the wings versus the straight-out steady wings using the heat, the thermal energy from the earth, raising it up for the ravens. Uh, the next thing is that the way they walk on land is even different, which this kind of an interesting thing to compare birds because you think about birds and their flight, but ravens like to hop. They may walk a little bit, but they kind of have this goofy little hop with both feet that they do, whereas crows, they're just going to do their normal walk and waddle like a chicken around on the ground. Uh, that's kind of funny. If, if you want to see that, look up a raven hopping on the ground, and it's really kind of funny how they, they kind of lead with one foot and just hop and hop and hop, and, and it's kind of goofy looking. Yeah, it is. And I've, I have seen crows, they have they do hop, but you, when you watch the with the raven, you can just see there's a difference there, in that. There's so, definitely, definitely. You know, I've actually seen there. a crow um, pull trash out of the trash can, and as it's trying to carry it, it's kind of doing this goofy hop. So Yeah, it's almost like this, jump because it's pulling yeah, something heavier than it is. Exactly, it yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, with rose and, uh, rose with ravens and crows, one is definitely going to be more common than the other, and you can probably take a guess as to what what that is, and and that's the crow. Uh, the crow has a huge, huge range, and the raven has a big range, but not not even half of what the crows is. And so there is a lot more crows in North America, actually across the world, than there are ravens. So ravens, you're going to basically find them, as you're saying, they're less common. You're going to mainly find them in Canada, um, 
Colorado, state of Colorado, and then, you know, headed west. Yeah, there's kind of a line there. Once you get, uh, we'll say, the eastern side of Colorado all the way to the west coast and then north up into most, not all of Canada, but we'll say 90% of Canada is where you're going to find your ravens. So if I live in southern Texas, southern Arizona, am I going to be seeing crows? Actually, no. Okay. So I say they cover most of North America, but not all of it. So those very southern parts of those southern west, those southwest states of the United States, um, you're not going to have a lot of crows at all. And then seasonally, they they do move a little bit. So they are going to be in Canada, but that's usually only during their breeding season. Their main breeding ground for crows is Canada. So you're kind of getting into that migratory. So ravens, they they don't migrate. They're going to hang in those regions that you're talking about, whereas right. crows do migrate, and that's yeah. where you can, can begin to see them in different states. Crows are funny times. because with ravens, they very clearly are non-migratory. Crows, it's almost kind of like geese. They're, you have geese that are resident, mm-hmm. and they never leave, and then you have some that make this big several-thousand-mile migration to, to go breed, and crows are kind of the same way. And, but when they do leave to go breed, they're going to go to Canada, so they're considered semi-migratory. There are people that eat crow. Right. And I know there's a saying about go eat crow, but people really do eat crow. Have you ever eaten crow? I have tried it, yes. I have tried it too. It is not as bad as you would think it is, but it's not something that I would seek out as a meal. Right. When when you can enjoy deer, why, why waste your time right. with crow? <laughs> when I can go to the market and buy there you go, chicken yeah. mm-hmm. and... I'm not going to choose a crow over that, but it, it is it is a food source for sure. Yeah. And there's a lot of there are a lot of crow hunting seasons. Uh, depending on where you live, you need to follow those if you're going to hunt for them. But there are crow hunting seasons. They can be tough to hunt because of their intelligence. Right. Um, another uh, another appearance thing that can help you tell the difference between a raven and a crow is the beak. Crows have a smaller beak, and ravens have this bigger, kind of more rounded more curved beak it almost looks like it has kind of a hump on top right there where it, it meets their head meets their skull but it's definitely a, a bigger thicker more curvature to it than than your crow you can really tell the difference when you see them side by side when you and i were looking at pictures the uh, the raven beak actually reminded me of what we identify as a witch nose yeah okay it's got that that crick in it like that and it's kind of bent down yeah, so that, that helps that's a good comparison the other thing is that ravens they don't like to be in big groups. So if you see a big group of black birds that you think, well, that's either a crow or a raven. If it's a big group of them, it's probably crows because ravens really only like to be in pairs. That's the, the biggest thing that they, they like. They don't like, um, they're not as social, I guess is probably a good word. They're not as social as the crows are. So crows love big family style groups something interesting about a a crow when we think of birds in big groups we usually think of the word flock but a huge group of crows is not called a flock it's actually called a murder so when you see a whole bunch of crows together that's called a murder these murders can have as many as two million crows in it so that's normally during when they migrate up to canada for breeding season but there'll be two million crows together but you know all the way down to 5 10 15 is kind of your normal thing that you see around but can you imagine i've never seen two million crows at once but can you imagine what that would look like seeing two million crows in one spot i would like to i'd really like to see that i think it would be an amazing sight might be a little noisy that is what i was going to add if if you've ever been around crows uh just being outdoors 
maybe turkey hunting. When one spots you or sees you, they're vocal. They are vocal, and it is loud. So two million to hear that yeah. could be deafening. You know, was out hunting one time, and I was actually filming. I was filming somebody else hunt, and it was really early, early in the morning, and a barred owl had kind of pitched out over this meadow and landed on the tree on the opposite point from where we were hunting. And it was just like this most peaceful moment, and I was filming this owl, and next thing you know, ah, 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 and here, and I wasn't one, it wasn't two, it was probably twenty of them, and they were just bombarding this barred owl. Which, come to find out, they they hate owls, and they were I couldn't believe the noise. So it was like it went from this tranquil peace of the sun rising and this owl to just nonsense because of these crows in a matter of minutes. I, I vividly remember that that hunting memory. That's good. You know, you just mimicked a crow. It was pretty good. I, I mean, it was, C it was, plus. Yeah, I mean, if if we were outside and with a group, you can really let it. Yeah. Let it call. Let it let it out. I didn't want my microphone to explode. That's right. right. Here on my table. But you and I, we know the area that we live. We're we're seeing crow. We're mm-hmm. not seeing raven. Um, but let's get into that. The the sound of a crow versus the the sound of a raven. Yeah. You know, I think the the best way for that is is just to play it for everybody so they can hear. So. I want to describe it with words first, and then we'll let everybody hear it, um, so you can kind of hear the differences yourself. But first of all, the raven is a is a, I think croak is a good word, kind of a growl. Um, they can get pretty loud and noisy too, but it's definitely more of a croak. So here is your common raven. And here is the American crow. So you can kind of hear there the differences. And that crow I would really describe as just a call. And you can hear at the end there how they all join in together. And they can really almost be a noise nuisance when when they get wound up about something yeah and actually actually where you can see the difference between pairs and groups so that raven was kind of isolated it actually sounded really far out Mm -hmm. maybe a crow way back there and on the raven um audio but uh the crows yeah when they get together as a group they get loud they they definitely do you know i really want i really want to uh kind of highlight i know we already kind of did the geographical areas but where we are here in southern Missouri, we only have crows. And so if you're in the eastern half of the United States, the Midwest, you're not going to see ravens at all. So if you're seeing a blackbird, it's going to be a crow. However, I do want to say that there is another species of crow that we have. We don't just have the American crow. And when, in this whole episode, we're referring to ravens and crows. We're really talking about the common raven, because mm-hmm. there is another species, and the American crow, because those are your two dominant ones. Um, the other two species are not very predominant at all. But the uh, river, excuse me, the fish crow is the other one that we have, and it has even a, a smaller home range. It's found in very specific areas. It's even more difficult to tell apart from the American crow than from the raven. Really, the best way I've found is when they do get vocal. The sound is, is pretty different. But other than that, they look very, very, very much the same. They do. Uh, 
we are calling the fish crow. That's its name. Mm-hmm. I know you and I, we've kind of gotten the habit of calling it a river crow. Yeah. And and I think why I started calling it the river crow is I see them a lot by the water. Yeah, which, they're always around water. Hence fish crow. Right. Um, but, you know, in size, they do seem a, like maybe a little bit smaller. Just right. a little bit. But their talk sounds really different. I mean. We call it weird, but that's only because we're comparing it to the yeah. American crow that we always hear. So we heard the caw of the American crow earlier. So here is the sound of a fish crow. So you can tell much different, more nasally. Almost like they have hands and they're reaching up and, and holding their nose when they're trying to do their call or something. But that's the easiest way that we have found to, to distinguish the, the two crow species. That we, so we, we kind of hinted at how amazing these animals are mm-hmm. at the beginning of the episode. Let's, let's highlight some things and try to paint that picture of just truly how incredible uh, these pieces of creation are. You know, with ravens, we, we can go back to the Bible and find Bible talking about ravens all over it. Um, Genesis 8, 7 really the first time that we, we see or hear about the raven is when Noah actually sends out the raven from the ark. And why he's using that raven is to find somewhere to land. You know, it could be the tops of trees, uh, even possibly dry ground. But that raven's going to continue to go back and forth and back and forth until he doesn't show back up again. Right. Basically, which it's super awesome to think the, the first animal that ever left the ark was Ooh, a raven. That is, yeah. And... But Noah knew what he was doing, whether it was God's instruction or just knowledge of just knowledge of, of these animals. Mm-hmm. He did just spend a lot of time on a, a boat <laughs> in, in close relation with them. So uh, he sent this out knowing that if if it didn't return, it found a place to land and it was finding food. And what that probably told Noah was they eat carrion, which is dead animals. There were still dead animals around from the flood, but the floods were receding enough that there was a place for this raven to land and the raven never returned it never did return so no one knew the water was going down there was place to land but there were still dead animals from the flood for this raven to eat yes uh, ravens and crows both are considered uh, ground foragers meaning they like to go on the ground to find their food they're both omnivores they're going to eat really anything i mean if they can catch a lizard they'll eat the lizard if they find a dead animal they're gonna eat the dead animal ben mentioned trash uh, I've been to uh, places where these these animals are so habitualized to humans in urban environments, they're literally coming down and stealing food off people's plates as they're eating on a patio at a restaurant. So mm-hmm. they they know how to get food, and they're going to eat anything. Yeah, and getting into crows even, they are so smart. It's, it's crazy that you can even train them to use tools. Um, they can mimic other sounds other birds mm-hmm. um yeah a raven actually can mimic every other bird sound wow yeah now that is awesome um with the crow i think one of my favorite actually, actually videos that you can watch there's a lot of studies being done on crows um again of how they use tools um but the one that's my favorite is a gentleman actually wears a mask and he catches them by using a net actually bans them a caveman mask if i'm not mistaken it kind of looks like that yeah it's it's a bald-headed 
It's a yeah. human creature, but yeah, we'll go caveman for sure. But he's wearing it um, while he's really, he's not causing harm to these birds, but they're, they're mad at him, right? And so they can actually identify faces they've learned through that. When he, he can walk through the college, uh, down the sidewalk, and all of these crows can see him and they do nothing, but the moment that he puts, puts the mask on, they go berserk. They remember. They remembered that face. And so there's a lot of studies that have been done after that, but they can recognize human faces, which is crazy to me. Yeah, and there there's research around what they call funerals, crow funerals or crow wakes. And what that means is that when they've found that when they present a, uh, a dead crow, they actually used a taxidermy crow. Mm-hmm. When they present it, even when it's in human hands, that these crows get super vocal. They call in a bunch of other crows, and they all congregate and kind of make this chaos. And, and what they are speculating that they're doing is not really celebrating somebody's life like humans do, but rather teaching all the family members of crows of potential dangers mm-hmm. that that human or wherever wherever that crow is deceased at that that's probably not a spot or those things that are in that spot are not things that they should associate safety with and they also added that that happens up to five years so let's say that one crow sees that happen that crow goes grabs their group comes back they all start going crazy but they say that they share that with their offspring as well wow mm-hmm. wow that's crazy that they have that much memory to go back five years because i have a hard time remembering what i ate for supper yesterday <laughs> and i'm a human yeah or, or my uh kids lunch for school like yeah, oof, yeah. both <laughs> One of the coolest things about both of these species, um, you know, Ben, you and I, when we, we worked in outdoor education and I was an animal trainer and we actually took um, animals out that had been injured and couldn't go back to while well, we took them out to schools and places to teach. We wanted a crow so bad. We, we had a request list every year of animals that we may try to obtain and crow was always on. It was at the top of our list because we wanted to train it to talk. Yeah, And both ravens and crows are great at learning to talk. They can say even multi-syllable words. Um, and, and that's kind of a really cool thing that they, they have this, this brain that can pick up on words that we're saying. And I wouldn't necessarily call it communication, but they can, without lips, they can say human words. That's, that's pretty amazing, their vocal capabilities. We never got the crow, by the way. Oh. I do remember that. We were all kind of defeated because we were really excited. We we really did. We did get a crow, mm-hmm, but it didn't turn out. It it did. It had been, um, and maybe this is a testament to their to their memory. But because of the trauma, it was a rescue animal. Because of the trauma it had, it had went through, it never really was able to get a great relationship with with any humans. And mm-hmm. maybe that's kind of a sign to the limit of their intelligence. You know, there was no forgiveness there. Humans can go through trauma and bad things and, and cope and deal with it, and, and we have a soul and a savior, so there's forgiveness there. Uh, a, a crow, didn't it? there was no forgiveness. It, it knew it had been through trauma and had been caused harm, and it was never going to forget that. You know, and not to get too deep, but there's there's no relationship in that. Right. I mean, there's just no relationship there. Looking at Noah, this raven got to go to and from, and once he could leave, he's gone. Right. Didn't come back. There was no, yeah, not really any uh, connection, I guess Guess you would say. Right. Um, with ravens, there there's some interesting studies that they have found that ravens learn human hunting seasons. So as hunting seasons come into play, we'll say deer season around here, even though we don't have ravens. We'll say, let's say uh, deer season out west, just to be uh, more specific. 
as they start to hear gunshots, they will go to those gunshots in pairs because they know the hunter's going to harvest the animal and he's going to leave behind carcass or guts. They know that gunshot means easy food, carrion, mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. to eat. You know, and, and this is just a theory that I am saying right now, but deer, they could be wise enough to even begin to understand that, oh, I'm hearing this raven go crazy. I may need to stay away. I don't know. Don't know. But animals do pick up on other animals' oh, they nervousness, aggressiveness, whatever that is. They're, and so they're reading the signs for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is this is also there's been a little bit of research about this around this, but it's never been like just really put down as a fact. But we've talked about deer love corn in our food plots episode. We talked about if you put corn out, deer are going to come to it. But there's always this. Well, how the heck do they find it? If you pour corn out and they find it almost like this miraculous speed within hours sometimes, how do they know it's there? And what people are starting to think or understand is that they hear the songbirds or the chatter of squirrels, these animals that are able to fly over and be above and see it first, they recognize the feeding sounds of songbirds and go to that knowing that it might be a food source for them, which I think is just amazing because from our outside view looking in we don't pick up on those things because that's not really our world that's good you know to kind of wrap up on my side of like on that hunting piece when i wear orange animals react differently than when i'm fully camouflaged Mm -hmm. you know and and to know that a crow can identify my face so if i did something negatively to negatively to it it can identify my face it just shows just honestly the power of creation like each animal is is so unique but so awesome in their own right it is and i hope everybody gets the understanding um one of the differences of crows and ravens most of all if you just take away from this that they are different um what i really like to compare is that they are in the same genus they're very very close closely related they're both corvus but they are different species and to help you understand that i would compare that to deer that'd be like a whitetail being a crow and a mule deer being a raven. So they're very, very closely related, but different species. So hopefully that kind of gives you an understanding. So then who won the debate? In the family? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what sides it were, but hopefully we settled that family debate. Good. Hopefully you guys learn and understand that there's many, many more crows. There's 27 million crows in North America. Hopefully you understand the home ranges and you have an appreciation for how amazing these animals are. That is going to be it for this episode of this Myth Monday podcast. Please, if you want to support the podcast, follow us on Patreon. You can become a member there. Um, any link tree on our social media accounts will take you to that. Follow us on social so you can see all the posts we do leading up and follow along as we do some of our programming throughout the year. We're super excited about school being back in session and getting back with some of the students. Also, we would love for you to leave us a review and hit the automatic download and follow button on whatever platform you listen. But that is it for this episode of Meant to Be Outdoors podcast. Between now and the next episode, we hope you find time to get outdoors. Thank you for listening to the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast, hosted by Brian Hoffmeyer and Ben Brandell. Please help us by subscribing. Also, follow along on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook.